next guest um, he's you know trying to keep going during during COVID but he allowed himself to be uh, videoed and put up on the county board Facebook page during the week so maybe rather than asking him to know how he's coping this is what he had to say himself on the Kilkenny GA Facebook during the week Hi, I'm Andrew McAvoy. Having worked from home for many years, I know how important it is to try and get out of the house every day. Get some fresh air, get some exercise, see different faces at a safe distance, of course. One other thing I've been doing during the lockdown is some reading. I've been reading not new books, but old books. Books that I enjoyed during my childhood. Treasure Island, Kidnapped, The 39 Steps, The Just William Books by Richmond Crompton. They gave me a lot of pleasure then, and they're giving me a lot of pleasure now. They're like comfort reading in a very strange time. One final thing, vitamin D, proven to help in the fight against coronavirus. Stay safe. Good night, Well, in the back of I, I think that was a, a classic little piece uh, to put up on uh, on Facebook and uh, a lovely message there. And you're clearly reliving your youth reading uh, Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, uh, Nicky. Uh, as I say, I've been rereading Treasure Island, all those books. And uh, the great thing about rereading those books as opposed to reading something new, when you're reading something new, naturally you don't know if you like it or not. Uh, rereading old stuff, you know you will like it. So uh, <laughs> that's the great advantage it has. Yeah, of course. And sure, look, it's a difficult time for everyone, but you're, you're like all of us, you're looking forward to getting. Uh, out into see some action be it even on GA games on the television or in person if you can at all um, we're all just looking for that moment but unfortunately we have to hang on for another bit Indeed but uh, I think the, the vibes that came uh, you know came out this week uh, after the latest plan you know we may have matches in the medium uh, in the medium term everything going well so obviously that is something to look forward to and will give relief uh, never mind pleasure to a lot of people. Yeah, but it's uh, clearly been a, a difficult time for everybody. Uh, bef- before I, I kind of get into the thrust maybe of talking about of hurling and things like that, I mean, you're a, a prominent journalist, you write regularly for various publications, but in this at this point in time, it's a tough time for the print media in general, particularly those going to games, and a lot of your colleagues that you know so well and that I would know so well, they're having to manufacture stories from different things. Yes, Congress was, a, was, a, was, was nice over the weekend, they could throw plenty of lines together on that but it's a tough time to come up with content it, it really is and I think at this stage everything, uh, every idea has been tapped out because uh, this time last year or it was uh, uh, later March, April, May uh, you know uh, sports writers has come up with newspapers has come up with all these ideas and that was fine that got them through until uh, the, uh, the game's uh, restarted. Uh, another lockdown in the autumn, okay, they were uh, able to have the, the, we'll say, the ends of the championship to keep them going. But now another lockdown and all the ideas have been used up. <laughs> uh, I have a my national uh, GA writer a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was uh, doing a piece about four GA managers, four eight managers for hurling for 
football Orange County managers who might be under pressure this year. Now, of course, that's a very contrived idea, but uh, these guys have to fill space and have to come up with the ideas. And now that all the good ideas were used up last year, have to come up with some pretty tenuous ideas to keep uh, to keep. Uh, so it's not easy. No, it's certainly not. As uh, as we know on this programme, we have to dig out people each week, but I'm afraid, you know, we're, we're actually enjoying it and we're getting a great traction and great interest in it. Now, yesterday at Congress, and a decision was made in relation to what's called the black card in hurling. Last year, it was blown out of the water at Congress, and to see it coming back surprised many, me included. But it managed to get through, albeit in, in experimental, um, in an experimental way for a year. Your own thoughts on it, because it would appear, certainly from the vibes at Congress yesterday, that a lot of people who spoke for it were of the view that too many, um, what I would call, cynical fouls were created in hurling this year, and it, uh, it it put them thinking differently. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if what we saw in the championship last year was anything different to what we've been seeing for the previous two or three years. Maybe it was on a bigger scale, or maybe because there were fewer championship matches last year. And there were more and there were more condensed as well. They were yeah, they were more condensed. But maybe because they were fewer, they were highlighting more. I'm only thinking out out there. Maybe not. But look, um, certainly the ones uh, that were highlighted were highlighters uh, were talked about and probably, uh, probably as well, I'd say, the fact that Limerick won the All-Ireland so convincingly, but while being happy to give away frees down the far end of the fears, you know, where they couldn't do much harm, and that was a kind of undercurrent uh, to, to things afterwards. So I think uh, what we're saying, the contents, uh championship, uh, just put the spot right in uh, a bigger way than uh, has been the case. Do you worry that uh, this is going to put additional pressure on referees? Uh, even though I've just been speaking to Brian Gavin there earlier and he did say that look, there wasn't a huge amount of these incidents but the incidents that were there perhaps were crucial in some of the games. But do you see it being a big issue with referees? No, I don't. I think it's going to be an issue for his coaches and defenders. Um, I saw a lovely line from uh, Michael Joyham yesterday speaking in favour of the Black Bars. He said that Brian Fearham would be horrified, or would have been horrified to think, that he would be reduced to dragging down DJ Carey. That's right, I heard and that, yeah. I heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was a great line. So I think what you're going to see is uh, this is going to place a premium on good defending. It's going to make defenders defend more. It's going to make coaches coach defending uh, a little bit more. And I think that can only be a good thing. Uh, what will also be a good thing is uh, you will see more goals being scored, I think. Because either uh, either the penalties are given away or um, defenders may end up letting forwards through and scoring goals. So I don't see a big negative uh, to this. But certainly from the point of view of team managers now and their coaches, they're going to have to put on their thinking cap to know how tactically they're going to deal with, with a, a player going through and, and what they're going through. In the past they would take them down and they'd, they, as it were, take one for the team. But taking one for the team now has added consequences. Absolutely. As I say, I think it will put a premium on good defending and uh, make people, make defenders think it would be more. Because if you think about it, one of the most famous uh, defensive actions 
in recent years was J.J. Delaney on Seamus Callum in the 2014 All-Ireland Final Replay that J.J. you know, uh, an outstanding example of good defending. Absolutely, yeah. J.J. never a steam merchant, got the hurling, Pete Calvin, Corey Welsh was there to pick up the pieces and clear the ball. So, I mean, J.J. used one of the skills of hurling uh, in hooking and swinging Seamus Coleman and that's what we perhaps haven't had enough of in recent years as you were saying defenders just uh, taking in a way the easy way out taking one from the team dragging down the forwards that's going to change now they will, as you say they will have to think more they will have to either do a little bit more blocking hooking standing up uh, the forwards, whatever. Uh, it will make defenders and coaches and managers think more about good defenders. Absolutely. Now, you alluded to a team a moment ago, Limerick. They were uh, quite impressive. Uh, they were a colossus last year in, in 2020. But their style of play maybe doesn't enamour a lot of people. And maybe people were saying the same about Kilkenny some years ago when we were in our prime. But but in relation to Limerick, I mean, they just were putting over a colossal amount of points. Goals don't appear to be as consequential for them. They don't seem to want to go to, to kind of kill for the goals, but rather get the points over the bar. Talk to me about Limerick and their whole physique and their style of play and where Hurling is going. Yeah, uh, they're an incredible team and they really push the envelope in so many ways. Uh, they've brought Hurling into new areas that have never been before. Uh, you can only admire them very, very much. I mean, to score 30 points in an Ireland final, very impressive. Okay, I know Kilkenny had scored 330 against Wolf at the time, but they scored, what was it, North 36 against Clare first time out in Munster last year, which is just incredible scoring. That's, you know, a point every two minutes. Uh, so they're breaking all score, sorts of records. Now, fair enough, they're not particularly easy on the eye. I'm not a huge fan. I've been banging on about this for a couple of years. Uh, I'm not a huge fan about team, of teams scoring so many points. You know, uh, if Cody Butler made an interesting observation a couple of years ago, the former director of hurling, he said, I don't think that all these points being scored from way out the field add anything of value to hurling, or very little value to hurling. Now, of course, if you're from Limerick, you're not going to complain. Absolutely. Of course not. Why would you? And Limerick are so good. Uh, as what they do that I mean to object would be carving but as as I say I would like to see uh, not so many points maybe a few more goals being scored and uh, I think this is what the black cars will lead to but uh, something like floaters in the past I would like to see as an experiment uh, a goal being made worth four points yeah, that might be something. What do you make of the move of uh, Donald O'Grady back to the sideline with Cork? Yeah, um, he will say that he's only doing background analysis. Maybe it will be a bit more than that. But certainly Cork needs something to uh, need something different about them. Well, yeah, you may say the same about a lot of teams, Kilkenny included. So it's an interesting one. I know he's playing it down. I know Cork are playing it down. But maybe he will kind of have a bigger role than it says on the team. Of course. Uh, would you agree we have a little bit of work to do in Kilkenny to get up with uh, Limerick? Oh, listen, uh, to be fair, everybody has work to do to get up uh, with Limerick. Uh, I think they're 
five or six points. Uh, easily the best team in the country. I think Galway are the only team that are anywhere near them. And that's largely because of Galway's physique, that there's nothing uh, sure. between the two of them. Uh, you know, it's like two, uh, two huge Panzer tanks uh, running into one another, and uh, I mean Galway were the closest to Emmerich uh, all year, and you know, uh, had things in the Orange semi-final gone slightly differently, Galway might have stolen it. Now, yeah, uh, I worry from the fact that Emmerich were the better team. Yes, of uh, course. Uh, uh, but I mean, uh, I think Emmerich are. Okay, come on, a few points better than Galway. At least five or six points better than anyone else. And maybe eight or nine or ten points better than Kenny and Cork. Okay, we'll change sports because your beloved Spurs won 4 0 today against Burnley and Gareth Bale scored two goals. And you talked about uh, was um, Jose Mourinho reincarnated as Renus Michels, <laughs> the great manager. So uh, is, is are you happy as Larry with everything that's happening at Tottenham now after today? Or is, is today going to be, uh, is, is it all uphill from here? Oh, well, like, who knows? Uh, maybe it will be a one-off. Burnley, uh, we're usually a very hard team to break down. We're absolutely terrible. Uh, what I think I would be hoping for as a Spurs fan and other Spurs fan, fans is that Gareth Bale, uh, you know, having played very little for so long, is now up to speed with the pace of the game. And, you know, he might drag Spurs with him, with him uh, to a new level for the uh, the remainder of the season because they're in uh, the running albeit kind of half-heartedly for the top four and there's a lot of work to do but they're in the League Cup final and they're also in the Europa League and so winning the Europa League gets you a ticket for the Champions League, League of course. Champions League. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah, well, look, one, one never knows, but uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, the Mourinho thing hasn't worked out the way Spurs would oppose, although it's probably worked out the way a lot of people said, said on the time it would work out that the guy is past his best. Okay. And uh, lovely talking to you and thanks for taking the time. We do appreciate you chatting to us here on uh, Community Radical Kenny City. Nos vemos, Mickey. Thank you, Clan. Capolia.